Hi, this is Dave Summers, and welcome to AMA Edgewise. G. Michael Campbell, PMP, has managed many large global projects involving senior executives, and he's the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Project Management, Communication Skills for Project Managers, and Succeeding with Senior Management, Getting the Right Support at the Right Time for Your Project. And that third one is actually what we're discussing here. It's a new book published by Amicom, a division of the American Management Association. Michael, can I call you Mike? Are you okay with that? You can call me Mike. Okay. You know, I had to ask permission there. Mike, oh, that's great. Uh, welcome to AMA Edgewise, Mike. Oh, thank you. A pleasure to be here. The American Management Association, I think it prides itself on, I would say, its noble cause of assisting and helping new managers, middle managers, aspiring leaders to become better at what they do. You know, and a, an incredibly important piece of that are the seminars and the offerings that we have in the project management space. And go a little bit deeper on this. Is it a commonly accepted practice in, in the project management community that the support of senior management, like on sponsorship, right? Uh, particularly the, the sponsor himself, either a noted sponsor or sort of an implied sponsor. Is sponsorship required for the success of that project? And in many cases, I'll just tack onto that. Why is it so hard for a project manager to get executive attention slash sponsorship? I think, first of all, yes. I think the accepted belief in the project management community is that you really need a sponsor and a committed sponsor in order to be successful in your project. And yet, project managers really struggle with how do I get the attention of my senior management sponsor for my project And I think there are basically two reasons that this occurs. One is this dual-track mentality that they have, and the other is, frankly, politics. So let me explain what I mean by each of those. So the dual-track mentality, the reality is for a lot of these senior managers is that they must manage day-to-day operational parts of the business. So they're responsible for P&L, They've got to minimize headcount, increase productivity, improve efficiency, and do all of that while customers are demanding lower costs and better service. So that's a pressure that they're under every day. Now, on the strategic side, that's typically where a project comes in. They sanction a project as a way to promote or produce new goods and services for a customer, or to improve that productivity and efficiency in the workforce. So they debate long and hard over where to invest the money, and they go through a lot of discussions. But once the decision has been made, basically all of the executives, frankly, forget about it, except one. And the one is the person who has been tapped as the sponsor who in that group is responsible for delivering that project. And so it's very important that the sponsor be on board. Unfortunately, the project manager isn't usually privy to a lot of those discussions that have gone on before. It's not until after the decision's made, the sponsor's named, then suddenly we get pulled in and say, hey, Deliver this for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some 
proactive steps that you can recommend to a project manager to gain that critical executive support? Well, one of the things that I think is very important for project managers to understand is you have to understand that at the highest level in these organizations, it really is all about politics. We probably wouldn't want to think about it that way, but it really is. I've had the benefit of working with very senior executives on global projects, and I've seen the politics up close and personally. And the perception of strength and weakness at that level carry a great deal of weight. So if there's a perception that your sponsor does not appear to be in control of the project, or there's a negative attitude out there surrounding the project, there is a political price to be paid by the sponsor. So what do you want to do? Well, as proactive project managers, one of the things you have to do in that environment is make sure that your sponsor is never surprised. If they are surprised, a colleague walks up to them and says, hey, I hear this about your project, and they don't know what they're talking about. It's embarrassing, and it goes back to that politics and perception. Mm -hmm. So never let your sponsor be surprised. That would be number one. Number two, I think project managers need to take the attitude that they are an expert in project management. I mean, this is what we do. We know how to manage projects. We may not be experts in everything, but we are experts in project management, and I think we need to adopt that attitude. And then number three, I think project managers need to develop behaviors that allow you to become a trusted advisor to your sponsor. If you're a trusted advisor, your sponsor will recognize that you have credibility. I can believe what you say to me. Reliability, I can depend on you. And consideration, I know you care about me and the business. And if you will do those three things, develop those type of proactive steps, I think it will go a long way in helping you get the support you need from your sponsor. I think it was Bill Gates who once said, there's really no such thing as bad news. You know, (laughs) bad news is no news. You know what I mean? If you give me a piece of information, even if you think it's terrible, somebody, either I or a team of people I get together, can act on that information. You know, right. if I have nothing to work with, I mean, regarding your first point that you made is, you know, bad news is no news. So, Well, yes. And there's in the chapter about politics in the book, I talk about games that people play. And frankly, one of the games that project managers play, which to their detriment is the no bad news game. Yeah. Well, you can't do that and be successful. You really can't. I'm not suggesting that you go in with your hair on fire kind of <laughs> attitude, but but you really do need to make sure your sponsor is not surprised. And if there is an issue or there is a problem or there is something, a group that is saying bad things about your project, that's okay. What you need to do is just go to your sponsor mm-hmm. and say, hey, listen, this is out here. We recognize that we may have a problem here. We're working on it. We have it under control, and we are going to do the best we can to keep the project on schedule and on budget and resolve this issue. And believe me, that will go a long way to developing 
the kind of behaviors that allow you to become a trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. In many of those cases, in many of those projects, actually, I, I would say that there are probably a lot of project managers who feel they did everything correct. You know what I mean? They checked mm-hmm. off everything on their checklist. They delivered everything that needed to be delivered. And, and still there are some stakeholders that feel that the, the, the project was absolutely not successful. Mm-hmm. Now, wh- why, yeah. why does that happen? Well, in my experience over the years and in talking with a lot of my colleagues, one of the things that I've really learned is that really most complex projects don't fail because the project manager doesn't know how to run a project plan. They really fail because the organization doesn't understand how to structure and support a project. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what I've talked about in the book is how do you overcome that My good friend, Dr. Gary Richardson, who is a PMI professor of project management at the University of Houston, has called my book a survival guide for building the business connections that the PMBOK ignores. And I know we'll talk about PMBOK in a little while, but that's really the envelope that I've tried to push is the idea that you can't think, I just follow my check boxes, and that will be success. It's not that simple. Projects are too complex in most cases. So while you need to follow that methodology, there's more to it than that. And that's really the gap that I think was missing in the literature about managing projects that I've tried to fill. Okay, I'm going to go back to this sort of rather rude grouping of, of most project managers, or many, let's say, let's just say many. Many project managers began life in some type of technical role, you know, right. many times as an engineer or as a programmer, as an analyst, that type of thing. So by, by nature, right. their experiences, their training up to that point has been, you know, I'll, I'll put a label on it being technical. They're, they're fairly mm-hmm. technical coming in. Now, your book stresses the relationship and the importance of building relationships with various stakeholders. And, you know, many of them probably aren't technical. Many of them might be creative or many of them are marketing-focused or sales-focused or customers, users, whatever. But the point I'm trying to get here is they don't see the world the same way as these project managers do. Now, how can a project manager build bridges or build better relationships with such a, a various cast of characters? Well, I think you're right. I think most project managers are technical in their, you know, maybe academic background or in their job backgrounds. And so for us, this relationship building is not something that necessarily comes naturally. But again, I think one of the things that is important to understand is you can learn to do that. It's not like you can't learn this. It's some sort of mystery. It is out there, and it's exactly the same kind of methodology you use when you're trying to be creative in solving an engineering problem or trying to be creative in solving a programming problem. It's the same kind of creativity, and you just know what you need to do. And so I think that's what comes. And what I've tried to do is really look at and lay out a roadmap that helps a project manager in how to build relationships both with the sponsor and with other stakeholders in the broader project environment. And again, my experience with technical people and being a technical person myself, I can follow a roadmap. If you give me a roadmap and you tell me these are the kind of steps and things that I need to do, 
I can do that. I will do that. And that's what I've really tried to do is provide that roadmap so that you get the right kind of stakeholder engagement, you get the right kind of executive support. And if you do, that's the most important predictor of success. It's not whether I did all the work on my project plan. It's really, did I have the right engagement with the stakeholders? Did I get the right support from my sponsor? Since you mentioned it earlier, you know, let's cannonball into the swimming pool with this whole Pimbach thing now. Mm-hmm. Most, again, most project managers utilize that tool. They utilize that book, the Bible, the Project Management Bible, the Product Management Body of Knowledge, a.k.a. Yeah. affectionately known as Pimbach. Right. Uh, the spelling of it is actually P-I-M-B-O-K. They use it as their Bible for right. run, running a project. Pimbach is noticeably absent from your book. Why is that? Yes. Well, I think Pimbach is a great theoretical guide to project management. All of us probably remember classes we took in college that were theoretical, and then we got out into the real world when we found out how things really worked in business. And so the theory is important, and Pimbach is an important piece of work that's been done. But unfortunately, an awful lot of things in projects, they don't unfold the way that Pimbach would lead you to believe. So much of the theory in PMBOK, I would say, focuses on the mechanical methodology of how to do things. And I think we're beginning to see cracks in that classic foundation. Let me give you an example. As project managers, we tend to think in details. We tend to think in things like schedule, budget, task, risks. Those are the things we think about, and we should. That's our job to think about that kind of stuff. But the reality is our business stakeholders, particularly our sponsors, they're not interested in all those details. The only time they are interested in details are in two situations. Number one, if their project, your project, their project, tends to be or could be perceived as being out of control, they want to understand the details, what could be driving that perception out there. So they're very interested in that. And the second area that they are interested in details is if there are any potential roadblocks out there for the project delivering the business results that it's supposed to get. If there are roadblocks that are going to prevent the return on investment from this project and so on, they are very interested in that detail. Other than that, they're not interested in the details. They don't want to hear what my good friend Walter Vialli calls the weather report, you know, clear and sunny today or stormy and raining tomorrow. No, they don't want to hear that. It's, are we okay or are we not okay? Are there issues? Give me the details. If there are no issues, great, let's move on. So I think that's what we're trying to really get to is beyond Pimbach gaining the support of end users. And I was fortunate that I got to help a large global company improve their project management methodology globally. And one of the things that I got to do was interview project managers all over the world about how to predict project success. And it was interesting to me, and I chose my own bias because I thought it was going to be things like scope of work, you know, we know defined what we're supposed to do, we have enough resources, all those kind of things. That was not it. The number one predictor 
that these project managers told me all over the world was communications. If communications were good within the project team, and if communications were good between the project team and the broader business that they were servicing, then you could almost predict a successful project. If there were problems in communication, then you almost always saw issues. We've been speaking to G. Michael Campbell. He's author of Succeeding with Senior Management, Getting the Right Support at the Right Time for Your Project, published by Amicom, a division of the American Management Association. Mike, this is very cool stuff, just right for our audience. Best of luck with the book. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you. Join the American Management Association group on LinkedIn to share insights with hundreds of your management peers and to discuss practices in the areas of organizational management and leadership. To find us, simply search for the group American Management Association from your LinkedIn account. in this program or if you have any comments and questions you'd like to loop back with us on we can be reached at a phone number 212-903-8090 or by email at edgewise at amanet.org that's edgewise at amanet.org